Hi, and welcome to the 41st Womanthology Podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. In this episode, we will be teaming up with our great friends at Soapbox Science, as we do once every year. Soapbox Science is a public outreach programme that organises events to promote the work of women and non-binary scientists. I'll be joined by Dr Natalie Petarelli, co-founder of Soapbox Science, and we'll be talking about the work Natalie's been doing alongside her co-founder, Dr Sirian Sumner, and also with Isla Watson, who coordinates the organisation of Soapbox on a day-to-day basis. As ever, Inesh Santos will be sharing the details of the new stories in the written issue. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So I am going to say welcome to the Womanthology podcast. We have got Dr. Natalie Petarelli, and she is co-founder of Soapbox Science, amongst many other exciting things. How are you doing, Natalie? Okay, how are you doing, Fiona? Very nice talking for you. Well, likewise, I think it's been a full year, hasn't it, since we spoke for the last podcast. I am the biggest ever fan of Soapbox Science, so I'm super excited to be finding out how everything's going, as we hopefully come out the other side of the pandemic, fingers crossed, that's the plan. No, but me too. Uh, it's a big year for us because we're back in the streets, so there's a lot of excitement in the air. <laughs> oh yes, well, we've got a good feel about it. So what I'm going to do, I've got some questions. Obviously, we've spoken several times and worked with Soapbox Science over many years, but for the listeners who have maybe missed our previous collaborations, Would you be okay, and it's a bit of an epic story now, (laughs) but would you be okay to take us through the epic story of Soapbox and your career and how we got to where we are today? I'm going to do a short version of it. (laughs) So um, in 2010, myself and Sarian Sumner, who were both scientists at the Zoological Society of London, decided to create an initiative called Soapbox Science, which was basically... Um, bringing women in science from all disciplines in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics on subboxes in the middle of the street in London. And what we wanted to do was two things. The first was to actually engage people with science, but particularly trying to engage those that would never choose voluntarily to go into a science museum or, or hear about science. And wanted to show that you can talk about science anywhere, about anything. It's always relevant to your life. It doesn't need to be in front of a a computer or with PowerPoint slides. And it's relevant to every aspect of your life. The second thing that we wanted to do with Subbox Science was to also show that there's a lot of women in science. And that's because the visibility of those women is generally lower, uh, was lower at that time, still remain lower, which means that a lot of little boys and girls don't realize that this is a career for girls. And that has implications for innovation, because basically you're saying to half of your population that uh, they can't contribute to uh, create the next big thing or that they are, they are less likely to help, or they are less likely to find this interesting. 
And so we wanted to show that scientists come in in all shape and form. And so we started in 2011 with one event and then people got more and more interested in that. And people that were on our subboxes wanted to bring that kind of event into their cities. And slowly but surely, we went from one event to 50 plus just before the pandemic in multiple countries and different continents. And that's where we are now. (laughs) But that is because of your determination. These things, they're not easy to get going. So like setting up Womanthology, it it wasn't easy. And people from the outside and they're like, "Oh, oh, that's quite nice. But the persistence and the determination and to take it to the scale that you've taken it to as well is phenomenal. So just to reiterate, it's international. We can't say global yet because global is in every single country when you say global. So we can't say global as such, but international. I mean, that, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. It is true that it has never been easy. And to be fair, when we started, a lot of people didn't think it was a good idea. I remember vividly how people were telling us that it would be a better idea if we would also have men on some boxes (laughs) because they thought it would be less appealing otherwise. So it has definitely not been a straightforward, easy journey. But at the same time, it has been a very heartwarming journey in the sense that there has been a lot of people that just jumped in and made it happen. So I think it is a combination of determination, but also friendship, collaboration, and a lot of similar purpose among people. Because we have different aims in Subbox, it it appeals to different people. It will appeal to people that want to change the view about what a scientist looks like. It will also appeal to people that want to promote science communications. There's a lot of energy that comes together. I'm getting like this excited sort of feeling. It's really nice when something people are so passionate about and it's making such a difference as well. And shout out at this stage. So we've got Syrian, your co-founder, and also to Isla, who is super organizational. Would you describe Isla as a day-to-day kind of make it happen? She's more than that. She basically coordinates the whole initiative. So both Syrian and I are are full-time scientists uh, having to run our own labs, uh, to contribute to our own organization, etc. Isla is the one that now makes it happen, um, that knows everyone, connect with every uh, local organizer team, sort problems. Isla is a book science, basically. She came starting with us in 2016. And since then, uh, it's gone from strength to strength because of her. Well, hats off to her. And what's been happening since we spoke last year? Because obviously, taking everybody back to dark COVID times, what's been happening since then? So last year, despite all our hopes, uh, we still had to to do it online. So for two years, Subbox has been online, at least uh, in most cities in the UK and, and many cities across the world. This year is the first year that most events will probably be face to face. And for us, that's a big thing because online events have a lot of positives. They are more inclusive. They allow people to join from all over the world. They can be watched later on, etc. But they don't give you that buzz that face-to-face events give you. Those random encounters with people that suddenly get really into the topic of a a speaker's talk. The children that uh, stay again and again and that by the end of it are demonstrating the science themselves. (laughs) There's, There's all that it's a living thing box, and it's best when you experience it um, face to face it's gone that connection that people get when they come together you can't create that online so we are really looking forward to sun creams 
water bottle <laughs> <laughs> removing the speakers from the sub boxes as they refuse to go after an hour because they are so enthused <laughs> by the event that they don't want to leave <laughs> there's all those things that we have been missing a lot and uh, we can't wait to be back and just for, for people who maybe haven't been along to one so the scientists bring along props so what's what's some of the craziest props was there a cow at one did somebody bring a cow? There, there was definitely a cow there was a life science cow that uh, was there to uh, demonstrate to talk about disease and my favorite thing about that cow is that they then took the cow on a tour to London and there was a series <laughs> of tweets with the cow in front of Westminster in front of Simple <laughs> and uh, Savoy maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was just completely 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 mad but sometimes there's no prop and it stays in your mind we had one speaker that got all the audience to to dance the Macarena. Her research was about neurology and uh, how the brain uh, processes dance move. And she just got everyone to dance. She had no props uh, (laughs) and everybody (laughs) remembered her. The fun of those events is partly also in the diversity of the ideas that the speakers come up with. We had trampoline. We had a giant penguin. We had a chemistry set. (laughs) Uh, We had everything. (laughs) Now, we've got some phenomenal people. So, like, we've got people like Dr. Sue Black, who've taken part over the years, Athene Donald. I think science rock star is the terminology that I've used before, and obviously yourself included in that as well, but some really phenomenal, phenomenal people. So... If we want to get people to come down and attend the event, so obviously in the show notes, we'll have details and we'll have links through to your website as well. In terms of timings for 2022, could you just give us a, an overview? Because obviously there's things happening at slightly different times of year in different places. Well, we are in 11 countries this year. So uh, slightly reduced from 2019. And that's because a lot of our local organizing team uh, have to come back and uh, get everything moving forward, etc. So we have, I think, 30 or 40 events this year. The best is to go on our website because every team, every city has a different location, of course, but also a different timing. But the format is always the same, which is three hours, 12 speakers, uh, four speakers per per hour, and basically you can move around. It's it's completely free. You don't have to check in or out. You don't have to print anything to go. You can stumble into it, and and you stay one minute, ten minutes, an hour. You, it, there's absolutely no expectation. And so in the UK, there's a number of events this year. The the one that is coming, historical one, is the London one, which is on Saturday the twenty. And so not so so quite soon. So. And that would be in the South Bank. We're hoping for some sunny days. <laughs> yeah. I've got fingers and from, oh yeah. And it's from two to five. So as you stroll to go to do your shopping, it's an easy access type of event. So no fuss event. So this means I've done my timing right. Every year I have a plan of when all the woman's logic issues are going to come out and I'll try and stick to the same things. And I like to get the issue and the podcast out just before the the thing is happening or it's sufficiently before so i've done my timing i'm quite smug i've done my timing quite well oh, you're, you're absolutely on time and we've spoken about syrian and isla and the, the the people that make soapbox and yourself as well and all the other people that get involved how would you describe the culture of soapbox science and the type of people it attracts what are the factors that make it successful would you say it's a combination of things obviously many of the people that participate in uh, Subbox Science are really passionate about bringing science to people, but not 
not as of like making it relevant, showing that it's not something that far from them. On the contrary, it's in everyday decision, everyday discussions. They're very enthused about the idea to talk to people about what they do. And the public gets a lot out of it, but I think our speakers too, because uh, to be frank, it's way more exciting to talk to uh, the public than to talk to your peers, because the public will challenge you if it makes no sense. They will ask you whether it's useful what you do or not. So there's a much more um, dynamic and a frank discussion that people really enjoy on both sides. I think there's also something about these people come for free. No one's being paid in Subbox Science. It's a, it's a network of volunteers, literally. So people that are there have chosen to be there and really want to make something out of that opportunity, which means that the ambience on the day, the culture of the organization is very supportive, inclusive, fun, and uh, orientated towards learning from each other. And so we bring the speakers before the event together into training session. Uh, and generally what happens is that they exchange their idea and they come with something. And generally that's not what they do on the soapbox on the day because they have worked together uh, to try to confront their idea and then changed it and learn from experience here and there. So it's a supportive, a grassroots, collegial, uh, fun type of culture. Well, at least I would say that's, that's how I perceive it. And do people get a bit nervous? Is it a bit like doing a TED talk, I'm imagining almost? Because you've got to know what you're saying. People aren't stood there with notes. Actually, it's not like a TED talk. Having done a, a TEDx talk, um, you talk, no one stops you. There's no question. You don't have the mm and the oops. And the, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a conversation. It sounds like a lecture. Subbox doesn't sound like a lecture at all. So we always say to our speakers, don't prepare too much because you never know where you're going to go. Uh, because this is all about talking to people, so not talking at people. So what we prepare our speaker for is to improvise and to follow the leader of the public. If they ask something, go with it. If they want to explore something else, go with it. So we always tell them, prepare some ideas to what you want to talk about and some props to engage people and come, but it can go in all directions. We had speakers talking about breast cancer. It went completely offline of what she thought she would be talking about because people have questions about that. We had people talking about conservation of cheetahs or people talking about in vitro uh, fertilization. You know roughly what you're going to start with. You never go where you are ending. So very different from a TED talk. And if you could wave a magic wand and you had unlimited resources, so shouting out to any corporates that might be listening here, for example... What would you do? What would you like to do? So the thing that we are suffering from the most, I think, is not being able to have people like Ayla going to those different cities and really help them set up. So we do everything we can to support people to set up an event in their city. But it's still not the same as having someone that can be there, that can show you on the day. So that is an aspect that I think we're struggling with a bit. We're always trying to raise money for that. But as you can imagine, uh, it's, it's not easy. The other stuff is having some pots of money to uh, connect those initiatives. So we do it very well online because those local organizers are part of the same group of people that, that have the same kind of vision and the same aims. 
And there's a lot uh, to be gained from the networking because um, in science, what's interesting is that people tend to stay in their discipline because Subbox covers all discipline. You suddenly access a network of incredible women all over the world on any kind of discipline, which helps on a lot of things, including developing your own science and helping the early career, which is important we try to have speakers from all kinds of career stage, including early career. So we're trying to give them extra connection to secure a career in, in the field. So having funds to bring them together more often, to exchange more often, would probably be something that would really help. We'll see what we can do about that. <laughs> Our last issue was the maths uh, issue. And we did a lot of work with an organisation called Maths for Girls. And uh, we were discussing that and we were saying maths is all around, but science is all around. Like love is all around. Maths and science are literally everywhere you go. Everything you do has a scientific element to it. But sometimes it's seeing the world in that way, isn't it? There's so much more that could be done at school. Everything is about how you sell a topic to someone. <laughs> and the kids, you can either present them math as something that is not relevant to their day-to-day, -day, that is quite full of rules and quite rigid and not, not fun and quite detached from other sciences, or you integrate sciences together with some real world problem, with some technology in it. I mean, the, the fun of sciences is when they are brought together because they connect all the time. There's no world where half of it's dead, half of it is alive and they never connect. Biology and physics by definition plus chemistry come together. And math is, is the underpinning set of rule games that allow you to predict what may or may not work uh, and which influence, for example, engineering. So my point being here that I think there's a lot of country that could do better at engaging kids with science because sometimes it takes years for people to be able to finally bring back the fun in those career. So if people want to get involved with Soapbox, either if they want to come along and attend events or if they want to get involved either as a speaker for future years or if they want to help, what do they need to do? So we are on every single platform you can think of, but uh, the first point of call is our website, uh, subboxscience.org, where you find every information about what's happening this year, in which country, who are the speakers, where is it happening, what time is it happening, et cetera, et cetera. If you are interested in uh, a more dynamic type of information, social media, particularly Twitter, is uh, where we regularly update people and connect people with the initiative. So that's at Subbox Science. And that's also where we launch calls for either being a, a speaker. And so that generally happened around December, January and February. And that every, anyone can apply as long as you're working in science independently or whether you're in a, an academic or you're working a, as a professional. You can also apply to support events by being a, a volunteer so that every single city advertise that a little bit uh, differently, generally a month before the event. That's when you start to see the call on Twitter and on any kind of social media to join and apply. And then you have a YouTube channel. If you just wonder what it looks like, what is it? <laughs> we have some good little video just to, to prep you for what to expect. Yes. And also what I really like is you have a lot of local uh, Soapbox Science Twitter accounts as well. So there'll be a Soapbox 
I'm, yes. I'm making this up, but, but I think there probably is one like Soapbox Manchester or whatever, yeah. and there'll be Exeter, Plymouth. Yeah, for every city, we encourage them to create a, a website of their own so that it really gives you the the local version. Because what we're really interested in is, is getting uh, people in each city to connect with their scientists so that they see also what's happening in their local community. And also, again, to show that there's scientists among us all the time, <laughs> not remote living in some kind of a fairy land. <laughs> <laughs> and Natalie, what is coming up next for you? What are you looking forward to? In terms of subbox science? It can be in terms of subbox science. It can be in work. It can be out of work. It can be a holiday. It can be whatever. Well, definitely a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in terms of what I'm looking at, I'm actually looking to see how things are going to plan out in the next few years because uh, there's so much at stake and there's so much that is changing rapidly. And there's a lot of opportunity to do things drastically differently and build a better future for our kids. <laughs> Having Being a mom of two, that's something that uh, worries, me, worries me on a regular basis. <laughs> and also to have a better relationship with our environment being a conservation biologist is something that that talks to me a lot but also uh, seeing how we're gonna pandemic and see how we're gonna reorganize our life how we're gonna make the best out of it so I, I think it's exciting time I do look forward to see what's gonna come up next well Natalie thank you so much for speaking with me today and we, I hope we'll keep in touch because we kept in touch for this long thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience with us and hopefully we'll be chatting with you again next year I hope so thank you so much Fiona Hello, my name is Ines Santos, I am the Associate Editor of Woman Quality and I am here to tell you all about our new issue which celebrates the work of Soapbox Science, a public outreach platform that organizes events to promote the work of women and non-binary scientists. The stories include Silvana Freire da Silva Miranda, a radiobiologist and PhD student at the Radiobiology Unit of the Belgium Nuclear Research Center, is a speaker at Soapbox Science Brussels. In her Soapbox talk, she will explain the effects of the space environment on the human immune system and what can be done to help astronauts maintain their health during missions. Dr. Pooja Sri Mishra, a science analyst at the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, is the organizer of Soapbox Science Ottawa and a past organizer of Soapbox Science Quebec. Pooja tells us all about emigrating from India to Canada to pursue her love of science and discusses organizing outreach events like Soapbox to democratize science to create a better, more equitable future. Also, Sorsha Daly, postdoctoral researcher working with Biorbic, Ireland's Bioeconomic Research Centre, is a speaker at Soapbox Science Dublin. In her soapbox talk, she will discuss converting whey permeate, a typical waste from the dairy industry, into lactic acid, which can then be converted into biodegradable plastic. 
Chen Ying Liu, an origami engineer and roboticist, working towards her Doctor of Philosophy in Engineering Science at the University of Oxford, will be a speaker at Soapbox Science Milton Keynes. In her soapbox talk, Chen Ying discusses folding and how we use it not only in our daily lives, but also in science. She gives an overview of her research into the possibilities of using robotics to do origami with wood, metal and plastic. And finally, Sophie Common, wildlife vet within the disease risk analysis and health surveillance team at the Zoological Society of London, will be a speaker at the Soapbox Science London. She discusses being told as an A-level student by her male chemistry teacher that she would never be able to make the grade she needed to fulfill her dream of being a vet. So she went all out to prove him wrong. And the rest is history. In her soapbox talk, she introduces the topic of conservation and rewilding. Do check out our website, womanphology.co.uk, to read the full stories. And that is all from me. Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you want to support what we do, then share the link from the show on social media and also follow the show. The feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app. Join us for the next episode where we'll be celebrating International Women in Engineering Day 2022.